Another episode of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. This is Mike Long, a.k.a. Bolt from the Blue. And we've got the two guys that you have been waiting for with me. First of all, we have King of the Kipax writer and City Matters Committee member, Colin Savage. Colin, how are you doing? I'm good. I've, I'm, I'm tired from uh, fresh sea air because I've had a day out on the, on the, on the prom in Blanc. In Blackpool, okay. Did you see any donkeys? I heard there's a couple called. One well, called I watched. I watched some just before. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's one oh. called Barry. One called uh, Nick. I'm wrong. <laughs> and one called Jesse. Yeah. 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 I, d- I don't know if you saw that. I I actually got into a little bit of um a Twitter spat with uh, Webby. Uh, Darren Webb from Manchester United, but he put up this um, tweet talking about Bruno, Bruno, Bruno. <laughs> and um, I, of course, I, I couldn't resist, guys. I had to stick up a little line which says that Bruno is a guy who goes to bed at night dreaming he was Kevin De Bruyne. But um, <laughs> I didn't, didn't think it didn't really get much appreciation from Webby. But um, if you're listening, Webby, we're only kidding. We're only kidding. But anyway, we've also got the producer of City Fan TV on YouTube, Ray. Ray, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing really well. Really, really <laughs> well. Yes. A few, few videos today, uh, some, some interesting stuff going on uh, in City, city Land. Uh, we've had a fantastic week. Um, or well, ten days, two weeks. If you go back to the Leicester game, you know, beating Leicester, beating Real Madrid. Uh, I don't normally worry about other teams, uh, but knowing that uh, there's a couple of scouts with a in a lockup uh, on Merseyside who are burning their 
um, <laughs> invincible shirts as we speak. I think I've done that job before, uh, um, but it, it, it's it's worth doing again. It's worth doing again. Oh, Ray, did you enjoy as I did watching Stevie Nichol on ESPN FC trying to justify <laughs> Liverpool's slump? It's like every single excuse <laughs> in the book. It's just uh, it's just so funny, and 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 then and then to have um, them get knocked out by Chelsea in the FA Cup, which they disrespected again. Then to have Spurs getting knocked out by Norwich on penalties. I mean, you know, it's a sh- it, it was it was just been such a fantastic run of results for us in Norwich beating Leicester last Friday, and it's a shame there was an upset in the FA Cup tonight. I believe. I know, I know. Well, we'll we'll get on to that, but uh, guys, uh, let's get uh, right into the thick of it, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, this uh, first one, and this is the FA Cup fifth round: Sheffield Wednesday nil, Manchester City one. Sergio Aguero in the fifty-third minute, and uh, let's uh, just uh, take a look at this lineup, guys. I'm just going to bring this up, but it's quite interesting. So we've got Bravo Cancelo. Uh, John Stones, uh, Otamendi, and then Mendy, uh, Bernardo Silva, Rodri Silva. I like the look of that uh, midfield, guys. I like double Silvers. Mares, Aguero, and Gabby J. What did you think of that, Colin Savage? Well, when I saw the lineup, I thought that's a strong lineup. We are, you know, despite the fact we've got some big games coming up in the next couple of weeks, we uh, we are going for it. So. I yeah, no looked, issue whatsoever with that lineup. It looked pretty tasty, didn't it, Ray? And um, when you saw that lineup, were you thinking, oh, "Okay, here we go. This is going to be um, this is going to be something." What did you think? Do you honestly think we could put out a weak lineup these days with the players we've got? That's um, true. I think it was a decent lineup for me, and I'm glad to see Cancelo playing because I, I, I did a, something on him yesterday. Just thinking back, he hasn't played for so long. He, he didn't travel. Madrid, oh, he didn't. Uh, it wasn't part of the Madrid game. He wasn't even part of the match day squad. He didn't make the top eighteen for the uh, for the Carabao Cup final, and so I was slightly concerned as to his future. There's been rumours about him wanting out because he's not getting enough game time. He couldn't usurp um, Kyle Walker, and I just I was I was worried a little bit because on against. Um, in the Carabao Cup final, we, I don't think we had a replacement for uh, Walker as cover on the bench. So I was worried about Cancelo. It's good to see him play. And, uh, you know, I think for me anyway, the jury's still out whether he'll be around uh, next year. But it was a strong lineup overall. Colin Savage, um, would you say that the expression snooze fest would be a little bit unfair for the first half? Mm, I, w- I would say it wouldn't be unfair for the whole game, to be honest. Uh. I mean, I, I did tweet towards the end of that first half, I think it was, that I didn't exactly expect to see much quality from Sheffield Wednesday, and that's not being denigrating, but, uh, you know, it would have been nice to see some from City. It was a pretty, whether it was the pitch or, or, or what, I don't know, but um, there was no real quality from us in that first half at all. It looked like a game between two mid-table championship teams. Well, Ray, I guess if we were Jurgen Klopp, we would be blaming it on the wind. But um, <laughs> what what did you think? Did you think that City had just thought, well, we're, we're just going to pick these guys off at will. We're um, not going to expend too much energy on this. Look, it could have been a lot of things. Um, you know, the fact is, look at the games uh, we, we've just been through. Uh, the game against Leicester, you know, second versus third, the Real Madrid game, and then the Carabao Cup final. I think mentally and physically, it can take a, a fair bit out of you. So, you know, I think possibly some players hadn't rebounded from those um, hard games. Um, I think that would be some, something to do with it. There's definitely some 
lack of, I think, motivation. You know, you've got to lift yourself up to play uh, a game, something like Sheffield Wednesday. And the thing was, the way we were playing and the way Sheffield Wednesday had set up, you thought it was extremely unlikely that they were going to score. And no matter how poorly we were playing, we were, we were going to score. We were going to get chances and we, we were going to score goals. And I think sometimes you can fool yourself that you can just wander through a game. It's going to happen. It's going to happen at some point. Uh, I, I personally don't like that. I, I want us to make it happen. I want to have a bit more urgency, a bit more speed, speed of thought, speed of passing, uh, and make the difference. Don't just wait for it to happen. Well, Colin Savage, um, I think uh, Ray and I, we, we both got our questions submitted to another city uh, podcast called The Main Road Ramble, and my one was a little bit controversial. I'm not going to ask it to you here uh, because... I asked the question whether we should declare time on John, John Stones, but has he kind of redeemed himself in your eyes a little bit uh, post-Howler uh, and then in this game? Uh, yeah, I mean, he didn't have a bad game. He certainly didn't have a bad game uh, last night. don't think, it, apart from the Howler at Wembley, he didn't have a terrible game there. But I don't know, has he done enough to... Convince us that I, I mean, it's been, been four years, hasn't it? Been four years, been four years. Yeah, the jury is out, and when the jury's still out after four years, Colin, I think, um, you know what, what normally um, happens. Well, well, I've said before that, that, that this kind of this part of the season, this half season, so January to, to May, for me, was, was his last chance to prove he was. Worthy of a, a spot. Now he's, he's not done. He's not done too bad, uh, and we've still got. Well, basically, we've still got a couple of months uh, in which he's got to really got to show he's worthy of, of uh, a place. And um, you know, so far, Touchwood he's not been bad. But um, as you say, you know, we've given him four years now, and we're still not. We're, we're still saying things like this. You know, is John Stones uh, really part of our future plans? So I don't know. Ray, looking good in, in double denim is, is not quite cutting it, is it, really? <laughs> it's not the height of sartorial elegance. Um, I, I think that's... I might have done it once or twice in my younger days when I sported a moustache, uh, a bit like a, a magnum PI, but I think in, in 2020, it's it's certainly not the done thing. But, it, hey, if double denim works and it, it, it helps you to win a trophy, then I'm all for it. One guy who's been impressing me, Colin Savage, recently is uh, Rodri. And I, I thought um, in this particular game against she Sheffield Wednesday, I mean, of course, there's always the uh, questionable pass or uh, uh, sometimes just a little bit of uncharacteristic slackness. But he looked to be at the heart of uh, pretty much everything that was going on. And I, I, I liked what I saw. What did you think? I'm not quite convinced. You're, you're not sold yet, are you? <laughs> There are some things he does quite well, um, but I, I think that certainly in the last uh, Leicester, I think at Wembley, that he's prone to a, um, a misplaced pass or two during a game. But there are times when he does things really well. So, you know, if you're looking at that game last night, Sheffield Wednesday, you know, it was probably a, a 7 out of 10 performance. I will say, and I've said it before, we shouldn't judge a player on his first season under Pep. But, I mean, he's, I think one of the disappointments has been he started off so well. He looked as though he'd belonged forever. Um, and his performances seem to have 
dropped off a little bit. But um, pe- people complain he's got no pace, but I don't think pace is that important in the position he plays in. It's about being confident with the ball at your feet, um, you know, being able to block off the passing lanes when when you're in um, in a defensive mode uh, and finding the, the the ball going forward. Now he's no Fernandinho, but you know it took Fernandinho quite a few seasons to get to that sort of level. So um, yeah, I mean. It, it, um, certainly Wembley I think it was his ball to uh, Foden which set up Aguero's goal um, yeah he, he, he's, he's competent without setting the world on fire but he needs to keep his concentration up I think but um, Ray looking at that game last night we had um Shots against the bar by Otamendi and Benjamin Mendy, mm. but pretty pretty much it looked a little bit like keep ball for quite a lot of that game, and um, it was hard really to get the pulse racing too much, was it? Yeah, uh, you know, it, I, I heard people falling asleep, people going away and washing the dishes, walking the dog rather than watch the game, and I think you know it was. It, it, <laughs> The thing is, City, we did keep the ball. Every time we got it, it was like a training session, just passing it around um, at, at the back. I think I can remember one hairy moment with Bravo, uh, passing it out to Mendu. I think he was just put under too much pressure. Um but it was, and you you love the stats. We must have had the best part of seventy five percent of possession, eighty percent, eighty percent, and it was it was just passing it around, and occasionally we'd. But the thing is, when we speeded it up, we looked a lot more dangerous. And Sheffield Wednesday struggled to cope when we did speed it up. But it was it was just like walking around, and then occasionally we say, "All right, let's speed it up now, and let's look dangerous." It's just one of those. I mean, in a game like that. You want that early goal. We did have a, a chance, I think, uh, the cr- cross coming in and Aguero tried to flick it. He didn't get a good enough connection early on in the first half. You needed that early goal because Sheffield Wednesday were just playing, you know, nine or ten men behind the ball all the time. When they cleared it, you know, their solitary strike, if they had one up there, uh, it was outnumbered, outnumbered and uh, we were just winning the ball back and starting again. Uh, and as I said, that early goal would have had to, you'd hope, bring them out uh, a little bit and uh, create spaces for us and, and make it a more lively game. One uh, particular moment that I'm grateful for, I haven't seen this in a long time. Their goalkeeper is uh, a guy with a Dickensian name, uh, Wildsmith his name was, and um, he did a wonderful thing. I've, I haven't actually seen this in all my time. Where he, when the goalkeeper collects the ball and he bowls it out underarm uh, to one of his defensive players, but he actually bowled it out right out for um, a city throw-in, <laughs> missing pretty much everyone. That was that was hilarious. But um, at the same time, we're we're not going to make fun of Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, they were workmanlike. But um, uh, Colin, it is a truism, isn't it, that when you're on the road to a domestic a cup final, it the, the performance is really don't matter that much. It's just about getting the result, isn't it? Uh, yes. I mean, because it's one game and at the end of the day, uh, the, the only thing that counts is the result. I mean, you could say that in the Premier League, I suppose. You know, the only thing that counts is the result, but the Premier League is more important to maintain momentum, isn't it? And, um, uh, whereas it doesn't matter. You know, once the game's over, it's over and, and, and you're just waiting for the for the draw in the next game. So, um yeah, it wasn't a great performance, but it, yeah, on paper it didn't look an easy game. You know, you're going to a championship uh, side, and um, all right, you know they've, they've had a bit of a, a setback in the last few games, but still we're going to be tough opponents. And um, and again, it's you know we're now one game away from a Wembley semi-final again. So uh, I mean, it's costing us 
a fortune list, but um, yeah, yeah, as they say, you know, the, the performance doesn't matter. Um, it's about all about the result in the cup. Well, it's not like the days of 1981 where our cup run involved beating Bowie Robson's Ipswich and beating Norwich City 6 0 along the way. It's not all mm. um, jo- John Bond style thrills and spills, is it, Ray? But I mean, um, what do you know about our next opponent? Our next opponent, Newcastle. That's where our next opponents are. Um, and I think it's going to, for me, it's going to be interesting. The game's in a couple of weeks' time, two and a half weeks' time. In front of a pile of Geordies with their shirts off, you know, displaying well, their... Um, <laughs> and, that, and that's just the women, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, look, this two and a half weeks' time, We, if we get the full 15% allocations, as long as they don't do a Man United on us, we should be looking at potentially getting about 7,000, 8,000 fans there. Uh, I'm not sure we'd sell all the tickets, but it'd be a cracking weekend. A lot of people uh, have uh, seen messages on uh, social media who are really looking forward to a weekend up in Geordieland um, in a couple of weeks' time. The interesting thing is, I mean, you know... (sighs) Newcastle will be in a quarter final. Uh, I can't remember the last time they've been anywhere near a quarter final in, in a cup. Uh, with, I wouldn't give them a realistic chance of winning, but a chance of, you know, you'd, you'd like to think if they could get through to the semis a day out at Wembley, something like that would be, it's absolutely fantastic. But what I'm, I'm looking at the Premier League table. Newcastle are sat in 14 spot with 32 points. Their form hasn't been brilliant in the league. Two losses and three draws in the last five games. Um, and they're only five points ahead of Bournemouth, who are in the relegation spots, and and only seven ahead of Villa, who got a game in hand. Now Newcastle have got two games um, before they play us uh, in the in the quarterfinal. If they lose those two games, you know it's going to be really even tighter at the bottom, and they might actually even be just you know a, a place or two above the drop zone, a point or two above the drop zone, and they'll be looking over their shoulder. And so I'm just thinking, would they actually even put their strongest team out? I think if Newcastle uh, win one or two of those uh, the next few games and feel safe, then they'd put their strongest team out. So it's it's going to be a very interesting um, selection uh, job for uh, Stevie Bruce uh, in in a couple of weeks' time. Well, that's all very interesting, Colin Savage. But the big question that we're all wanting to ask you is: Did you see Chris Waddle's haircut on the <laughs> on the uh, on, on the highlight show? I certainly did, and um, my initial reaction was he had a squirrel asleep on his head. <laughs> he wasn't aware of. Now, is that is that the British equivalent of the um, the midlife crisis? You know, in America, they talk about buying a um, buying a, a, a red sports car and and things like this. But uh, getting your head shaved on both sides and having the front tied back in a ponytail, um, Ray, what do you think? Uh, it it's very, it's very how, strange. How old is Chrissy Waddle? Is he as old as us? No, he's about forty-five, forty-six. I think. Behave, behave. He was in. He was playing. He was playing for England in the nineties. He's fifty-nine years old. Is he fifty-nine? <laughs> really? Yeah. He's, oh he's my playing, gosh! Didn't he play in Italian ninety? Right, he so did. He, asked, he did. But that's I mean, thirty years ago, Mike. See, Chris Waddle is fifty-nine years old. Fifty-nine, nine, nine, nine years older than me. Oh wow, unbelievable! But that, that, that's a pretty daring haircut. Still, all the same, you have to say. Well, no, he's he uh, been too, Jack, uh, too much Jack Greenish. But look, if you if you look at his haircuts, remember that that mullet uh, that he had uh, back in the day. Um, no, I mean. I don't think I've ever seen him with a with a nice haircut. I mean, I don't know if he's got a face for a good haircut either. So, you know, 
I don't know. The haircut takes away from from his face, from his features. I, I don't know what it is. Um, you know why he has, has to. Ha- it is. I'm just looking at it now. I just pulled it up on the uh, on, on the internet, and it is. It's savage. It really, is savage. It's not as bad as <laughs> Reno's bald head, but it's hard work. <laughs> well, guys, I mean, there's uh, there really. I mean, listeners, I I'd love to try to make you listen to us talk uh, a lot more about that particular game uh, last night, but there really wasn't that. <laughs> Much more to it. Um, Scott a goal, Aguero. Oh, no, that was well, it. We, well, well, well. Let's talk. I mean, even the goal. I think Colin. It was slightly fortuitous, wasn't it? You basically, hit the hand of the goalkeeper and bounced up and and and, and looped in. But um, it, I think that 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 goal was kind of like microcosmic of the whole uh, game. I think we. I think we should call him. What are you going to say? Uh, no, absolutely, it was because it. You know, the, the level of quality of the goal, somewhat scrappy. Um, it summed up the whole game, didn't it? I mean, I think the only thing. Um, the only highlight was was Morris came to life for about the last fifteen minutes. He They'd did been very he quiet, did. Uh, and he was um, quite a threat in the last fifteen minutes. So. Um, didn't actually get a goal, but he was giving it a good go. So, so I think that was certainly one bright spot that came out of it. But um, yeah, you know, everyone tried hard, but you know, there was just uh, David Silva had, a, I thought, had a decent game. Uh, not not up to his old standards, of course, but but um, perfectly decent, and um, that was it really. I mean. <laughs> Well, guys, let's let's move on to something a little mo- a little bit more cheery, and that was the game before, and that was Aston Villa one, Manchester City two, and again we are the League Cup kings, and um, the 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 Ray the bile from the media was just. It was funny, wasn't it? It was really, really hilarious. I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> I mean, just look at the stats. We won it three times on the banks, four times in five years, five times in seven, which I think is as much as Villa have won it in their history. So I think United won it five times as well. And we're just one behind the Milk Cup Kings um <laughs> Liverpool. Um, uh-huh. Remember them back in the day when they used to win stuff uh, on a regular basis, and now it's our turn. So you know uh, we're, we're absolutely loving it. Uh, it was a decent day. I mean, the, it was sad that the Villa fans uh, were very bitter before the game. Some were very violent with each other during the game, violent, stupidly after the game, and abusive. And then social. Uh, I'll, I'll change my, my phrase here, but they were pretty poor on social media. In the aftermath of the game, uh, having a pop at City fans, and it's it, it's just laughable. I mean, the, the, one of the, the favourite songs before the game was uh, "Champions of Europe." You'll never sing that. And I, 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 this is on the tube uh, on the way up there, and I turn around to look at people, and I'm thinking, "Champions of Europe? You weren't even alive when Villa won it. It was we're talking for, uh, 40 years ago." And most of these people right. were singing these songs to have a pop at the City fans um, weren't even alive uh, at the time. I know, and, and grammatically, it's. Completely incorrect, of course, because they're saying we'll never sing that. But of course, we may well more chance of singing it than they have. Yeah. Um, in the future, and of course, um, I, I was waiting for the train uh, back for after after the game, and there were two different queues: one for the Villa fans, one for one for one well, mainly the City fans. But we had a mad Villa fan in our team, so we had some fun with him. But of course, the right post was Champions of Europe. You'll never sing that. It's Championship football. You'll see that next year. Mm. <laughs> I think it wasn't it Ron Saunders who was their manager when they won it. Is that right? When they won the the uh, the European Cup, 
I believe uh, so. Yes, it was, wasn't it? And yeah. they, they're, probably not even, they're probably not even old enough to remember that he was our manager before he went to them. Um, he got us to a cup final, I think. 1974, the, uh, we lost yeah, in the League Cup, didn't we? That, that's right, and then off he went. Okay, and, um, and then got to flow back in, uh, back in so as I've got some knowledge. Uh, I know, I know. A couple of years later then, of course, he had European uh, glory with him. Sadly, passed on just a couple of years ago, but... Um, yeah, interesting game. Interesting on, game. Well, I was going to say he passed on, sadly, I, I remember it, he passed on in December. It's not long yeah. ago. Yeah. It's only a month back. That's right. But another thing here is this. City score from a corner again. And, and oh. this was the song that we used to... We used to... Well, it's it's becoming a song that's becoming defunct, really, isn't it? Because, I mean, Rodri is um, making a, a little bit of a habit, uh, Colin, of putting his... Uh, his head on these um is there these corners and it's really our only outlet from a corner isn't it yeah well yeah it is really and um but you know, we've, we've scored from corner a couple of corners i mean what are people moaning about <laughs> we're scoring from corners we're scoring from penalties well obviously we we had one um uh, penalty scored from the previous game with kevin de bruyne but um we're laying a few of these ghosts to rest guys and um it was an interesting one. That uh, that goal that Villa scored on the forty-first minute, I think, um, from Samata. That was the um, the the John Stones slip. Now he, he's wow. got come in, come in for a terrible lot of flack, uh, Ray, for that. But on the other hand, people are saying, well. You know, you slip and you lose your footing. There's not a lot you can do yeah, about I mean, it. What, what, what would you say? I think anybody who's criticising him for slipping, you know, is is it's worse than extremely harsh. Does ca- does tend to does tend to cost us, Ray, because he did that against Monaco. Yeah, if you remember. I, I go on the basis that um, he was unlucky, and it's unfair to criticise him for slipping. If he'd got his feet tangled, if he'd um, you know uh, let someone free and mistimed a tackle or something, then maybe you can criticise him. The poor guy fell over. Um, so I think that's extremely extremely harsh to criticise him uh, for that. Um, and it's just it was just our bad luck that he falls over, uh, the ball gets crossed in. It was a good ball, and uh, their fella. He won the header. It was a good header. Uh, with the Bravo had absolutely no chance uh, to stop that, and it was. It just so happens the first chance. Everything after Stones of Slip worked perfectly for them, and it's just uh, our luck these days that you know first chance, first goal, and everything works perfectly. Whenever we have chances, you know we're taking three or four to score. And other teams are taking their first chance. It's it, it just a sod's law with us right now. Very, very interesting statistic, um, Colin. I, I read up on, on Twitter, which of course is the bountiful knowledge, but I think that if Phil Foden uh, is a member of the FA Cup winning Man City team of the season, he will have got more um, silverware in his first couple of years than Steven Gerrard did in his whole career. It just put things puts things in a little bit of perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, well, of course, um, he's, he's already got one more Premier League medal than Gerrard will ever have. So, um, oh, come on, guys. I'm owning... The Premier League might strip us of uh, a title. That's oh, true. Yeah, time. that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we shouldn't we shouldn't count that. It's a bit like VAR, isn't it? And, you know, you never quite know if you've won it until the Premier League or UEFA have, have actually made the decision. Well, so, yeah, I mean, the Phil, fat lady sings. Yeah. you don't know if you've won it until the fat lady sings. 
And since Stevie Nickel hasn't sung anything yet, uh, we don't know if, we've, if it's definitely <laughs> going to happen. I love Stevie Nickel. I love him so that. much. He, he's just, he is so funny. He's so funny. Um, and in fact, I've actually, um, I've been following him all the way through because he's normally, him and um, Craig Burley are normally very, very funny when they're talking about their teams. But when it comes to Liverpool, even when they, they were beaten by Atletico Madrid, it was like, oh, you know, uh, yeah, this doesn't mean anything. Uh, they're in serious danger of um, of going out. And what, um, Colin, what has happened to Liverpool? They've just gone completely... They've been taking their energy drinks, have they? Um... They've lost interest, yeah, it seems. Well, the thing is, I, I reckon... Um, oh, I was going to say something about ginseng, but I, I think in the <laughs> current climate, uh, I better shut up. <laughs> it is it's it's astonishing um just exactly the way that they've dropped off and and my goodness long may it continue i'd love to see i would love it in the words of kevin keegan i'd love it if atletico madrid beat them and they go out uh because i'm just waiting for Bournemouth to take a point off them this weekend <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, we'll only get we'll only start getting our hopes up, won't we? I mean, that we, you know. <laughs> well, guys, there were some interesting um, results this evening, and um, I'm just um, just uh, taking a look uh, on the BBC. Uh, to remind myself, what happened to Manchester United tonight? Because they're all like going Bruno, Bruno, Bruno on, on, on Twitter. Um, they managed to see off Derby, didn't they? I think. 3 0. 3 That's right. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It was a pretty comfortable follow in the second half, particularly. Oh, and, you know, okay. they, they looked actually quite decent, but I mean, Derby struggled to put. It was quite injury. You know, when you get used to watching City and you see Kevin De Bruyne passes which are inch perfect, beautifully weighted, then you see a team like, and I'm not denigrating Derby particularly, but it seems to be fairly common, you know, that they'll win the ball in a decent position, they'll have a good outlet and the pass will be poor. You know, it'll be, it'll it's... be too weak or, or not quite, um, you know, not quite get the range right or, uh, you know, go behind the player or you know, whatever. Uh, and the number of times they did that tonight where they had a potentially a decent break on and the, the ball wasn't quite right and the, or the player didn't get to it. And, you know, it, it's just a completely different experience from watching City. It's, 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 it's just actually, Colin, you watch Manchester United play football? Well, I was doing something else, you know. It was, I'd it's, it's, it ama- it's, it's amazing, guys, these... Um, the headlines, uh, just just the headlines in these newspapers. I mean, uh, in the Mail, for example, the lead he- headline is Odeon Igaro continues blistering start to life with Manchester United with brace against Derby. And you're thinking, hold on a minute, what blistering start? I mean, this. I mean, if you want to call the two the two goals that he scored against Derby tonight a blistering start, well, okay, that's a blistering start. But what what exactly did he do before then? What, what's continuing his blistering? During start, what does that mean? It's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, it's just—it's just absolutely incredible. But um, well, I've just seen one on, thing on Twitter now. You got Manchester United in pigeon. I think that's pigeon English. Uh, and uh, just looking at that, I mean, it's a, a Twitter channel. They've got all, uh, four and a half thousand uh, followers. And uh, United have won a game quickly, uh, quick as a flash. Which striker is better? Retreat for Aguero. Like oh. Regalo, <laughs> and you can guess who's won uh, by a margin of fifty to one. Oh Regalo. my gosh! Oh my gosh! And um, and Ray, um, Tottenham going out on penalties. Uh, <laughs> that um, it, it didn't take that long for the Mourinho bubble to burst, did it? Uh, you talk about bubbles. You you come to the right man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, it, no, I mean, it's it just it's just so sweet watching Mourinho going round um, to different um, top le- you know top six clubs and semi destroying them for a season or two. You know, you've seen how United have struggled. Uh, he's now trying his best to to con uh, the Spurs board and fans. Uh, I mean, I just can't. You, you just know that probably sometime next season he'll be. Um, you know, given his marching orders, but he'll walk away with about 10 or 15 million quid in his pocket. I mean, Spurs are sat in seventh in the league. They're only five points off Chelsea, who were four, two points off United, who were fifth. But, um, you, you look at it and you just, you just can't see how, uh, Spurs can, can, uh, get into the Champions League. They don't deserve to. They've already lost 12 games. Not, for me, they don't deserve to be in the Champions League. They might still sneak it, but, I, you know, the, losing the last two games certainly hasn't helped them. Um, but, you know, the more problems they have, uh, the happier I seem to be. Well, Colin, let's uh, let's go more into your territory a little bit, because there's fascinating uh, snippets of interviews up here with Alexander Seferin uh, this evening. Uh, did you see those on Twitter and, and what did you make of them? I mean, I've not actually seen them, so um, basically on what other people have said about them, but... Um, I say that the tone seems to be that he's been quite conciliatory, well, quite conciliatory towards City. Um, I think that's, I think people are interpreting that as he's on our, he's on our side, but I think it's mm-hmm. more self-preservation, to be honest, and, and preservation of UEFA. Um, and I think the other thing is, um, he's been criticised for saying he had no involvement in the case, and but, but all the stories seem to indicate that he was offering uh, a deal to City. But he said uh, he, he wasn't, hasn't he said he wasn't offering a deal um, to City and um, but didn't he also say very early on that uh, it, it was a uh, I can't remember the actual terms Colin you remember basically said it was an open and shut case it's fascinating what he came out with there tonight uh, guys because uh, it's very proprietorial he said about Man- Manchester City they are our asset <laughs> they are our they are our club I respect them. I don't want to say that we don't like Manchester City. We like them. They they are our our club, he repeats. But this process is a separate thing. With that, I do not interfere. He's talking about Manchester City as being one of the family, which is really quite amazing, isn't it? Well, he's got other members of the family telling him telling him they want to leave. I mean, uh, Juve are looking now at um, talking about Super League. Uh, now, I don't know if you saw the uh, comments from uh, Agnelli yeah. about you know, what are Atlanta doing there. They've got no history, which... Kind of sort of echoes comments we hear here, doesn't it? And um, it's so disrespectful. They're there because they deserve to be. Um, you know, and if you yeah. don't deserve to be there, you you, know, you shouldn't be there. Yeah, I mean, he said they had one great season, and they're there. Um, and uh, but you look at them; they're, they're in the round of sixteen. I think they won four-one, probably through to the quarterfinals. They in is it in Syria they scored the most goals. Was it seventy goals? And uh, yeah, seventy new has got some like forty eight. They played a, a, quite an exciting brand of football. Uh, and you're right, Colin. They, they fully deserve to be there. And it, it is just you, you can see with the way UEFA fiddled with the coefficients so that teams are rewarded financially for their historic performances. So you know you you know AC Milan won Champions League back in the fifties or uh, Euro- European Cup as it was then. They're getting a little bit of money for it if they qualify for the Champions League now just because of what they won. In the past, and when we, when fans in general, especially City fans, talk about FFP and the cartel 
I'm protecting the elite and everything else. This is just another example. If, if a club can pick up an extra couple of million just because they won a trophy back in the uh, in the 50s or 60s uh, compared to somebody else, it's it's not fair. It's not a level playing field. People ask for that. And they complain about City spending too much money and, and getting money from their owner and whatever. But this is UEFA giving artificially. It is. It's This is financial doping. If anybody wants to talk about financial doping, this is it. They're giving something, uh, clubs, money that they don't deserve. It's not a level playing field with anybody else. And you've got people like, like now and nearly saying, uh, yes, but another club shouldn't be given this opportunity to be in that position to get a, a piece of that pipe. I bet you, um, they're, they're actually, uh, uh, Atalanta are going to get a, a really uh, nice pot of money from the Champions League for this season, especially the further they get into the competition, the more they're going to win in prize money, the more they're going to get in, in gate receipts and commercial income and whatever. And, when another club can start to threaten someone like Juventus, you know, I'm not saying they're going to get close to them, but it will allow Atlanta possibly to have a period of sustained pressure. And it might be in a, in a season or two's time, they can challenge Juventus for the league. And Juventus have won it, was it eight or nine times on the banks now? And they don't want anybody getting anywhere near them. And if, you know, so this is, this is illegitimate money. It's not fair. So whatever you ever want to say, whatever other fans want to say, look at something like the coefficients and say, if you're getting money for what you did 60 years ago, that isn't fair. Do we go back and wait it? You know, do we do the same in the Premier League and say, well, uh, uh, Preston North End, you know, you, and Aston Villa, you some, won some trophies in the 1800s. Um, we'll give you some extra money for what you won 125 years ago. It sounds ridiculous and it is ridiculous. Well, guys, it's very, very interesting, the the lineup for the next couple of weeks. We've got um, uh, an away game against uh, Manchester United on the 8th, and a couple of days later, on the Wednesday, we've got a home game against Arsenal. Now, Laporte is apparently out for up to a month, uh, Ray, and um, I'm reading that Kevin De Bruyne is a doubt for the derby as well with a... A back, a back injury, shoulder. I think. Shoulder. Shoulder, shoulder injury. Shoulder. I, I don't know who to listen to. We'll find out tomorrow. We'll have the uh, Pets press conference. We'll find out at lunchtime tomorrow whether uh, Laporte is going to be out. We've got an absolute shed load of fixtures. A lot of rearranging is going to be going on. And I'm actually, uh, this tonight I was looking through the games, trying to work out when we can reschedule them. But just look at this schedule now, okay? We had Real Madrid last Wednesday, um, less of the weekend before that, so... Every three or four days, we've got a game. So Leicester, Real Madrid, we had a Carabao Cup final. We've had Sheffield Wednesday. On Sunday, we've got United. The following Wednesday, three days later, we've got Arsenal. Uh, the three days later, we've got Burnley. Um, three days later, we've got Real Madrid. The weekend of the 21st, we've got Newcastle in the FA Cup. Okay. Then we've got the international break. We come back on the 5th of April. Uh, on the Sunday, we play Liverpool. If we are fortunate enough to get through against uh, Real Madrid, we'll have the Champions League quarterfinals on the 7th or 8th of April. That's basically two or three days later. The weekend, we've got Southampton. The week after, the midweek after that, we've got the Champions League quarterfinals second leg. The weekend of the 18th and 19th of April is FA Cup semi-final weekend and our original game against Newcastle won't take place because we're playing them in the FA Cup quarterfinals. One of those teams will be involved, hopefully it'll be us, that weekend. So that's going to be need to be, need to be rearranged. 
then um, I really don't. Then we've got the twenty second, which realistically we've got. We'll have the Newcastle game to re- rearrange and the Chelsea. So one of them I expect to slip in on the twenty second of April. We've got Brighton on the twenty fifth. If we're fortunate enough to get to the, through the uh, Champions League, we'll have the Champions League semi midweek after that. Uh, on the second of May, we've got Bournemouth uh, at home. If we're lucky enough to, uh, you know, still be in the Champions League on the around the fifth or the sixth, we've got the second leg. Weekend after that, we've got Watford, and it looks like probably about the 13th of May, we'll play the um, remaining league game that we've got to rearrange. Then we've got the Norwich game on the 17th. Wow. I mean, it's hard enough for me to say all that. Basically, we've got a game every three or four days from now until the 17th of May. Yeah, we've absolutely got our work cut out, guys. It's going to be hard keeping up with this slot, but... um Having covered uh, the main uh, points that we wanted to in this uh, little podlet, are there any other issues, either Ray or Colin, that have piqued your interest as you've been uh, surveying the news during this week, or are we pretty much done? Well, let Colin go first. I can't think of anything I've seen that particularly piqued my interest, but, um, yeah, we're still waiting on... on, on um, Stories that perhaps our ban will be suspended because it's a complex case and court for arbitration in sport won't be able to hear it in time. So uh, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I think they've said that our um, uh, appeals. Um, I think they said on um, yesterday that our appeal is um, going through. That we've actually appealed. Um, the other bit of news that I thought would be um, worth mentioning um, is that City were reported yesterday. The CFG, the City Football Group. In the, the, basically, the company that ho- owns Man City and, uh, either wholly owns or has investments in, in a total of eight clubs around the world. There was a report yesterday, last night, in Le Keep in France that apparently we're looking to buy AS Nancy, AS Nancy Lorraine. And if you're not aware of the team name, you can think that's Nancy, Nancy Lorraine. And you think, why are you buying Nancy Lorraine? <laughs> Lorraine is the region in France and it's part of their name. It's ASNL, uh, AS Nancy Lorraine. And, um, the interesting thing is, it's, it's really funny because that news came out last night and the news from today is that um, Michel Platini, he's had his appeal against his ban from football uh, rejected today. I think that's his the last appeal he can make. It was actually the European Court of Human Rights. Oh. And what a shame. And do you know who his beloved football club is? Nancy. Nancy Lorraine. So City could be buying his favourite football team. Now that would oh, be beautiful. The irony, the irony. But there is something else there, Ray, that you might have omitted. Did we not just buy someone called Jan Kutu? Yes, that's true. Tell us about this guy. <laughs> yeah, all right. You want some? He's a 17-year-old kid, um, a Brazilian kid. He's a right back. He's he's shorter than me, actually. He's um, he's about five foot six tall. He weighs. You're not going to believe this. He weighs nine stone. He's this young slip of a thing. Um, but he was part of the uh, under-17 World Cup winning Brazil side. Um, he did them really proud. He apparently he set up a couple of goals uh, in, a, in a vital goal against uh, France. And he set up the late winner against Mexico in the final. Um, so... He's, um, I think he's a really exciting prospect. I think Barcelona were uh, after him as well. Uh, we've got him for, I believe we paid six million euros with six million euros of add-ons. That's like five and a half million quid. Um, and he, he plays for Curitiba uh, in Brazil. 
because he's only 17, he can't move to City yet. There was talk about us trying to buy him in in, um, in January. But since he can't move till he's 18 years old, that's the FIFA rules. Uh, we don't want to get embroiled in a problem there, trying to get a 17-year-old back. So he's, he's got the, uh, the, the FIFA rules, so he can't come till he's 18 years old. So we're just going to have to wait till he's 18. That's in June. He'll be over by then. I mean, he's not a kid that's going to be um, here immediately looking to play. Uh, and I read, I, had some, I read some stuff like Tim Vickery uh, wrote some, a cracking article uh, about this kid. Um, and, and, and Tim, if you don't know who Tim Vickery is, he's a He's a, a football expert, a South American uh, football expert, um, and uh, he wrote some really good stuff. And that actually, you know, put my, uh, picked uh, put some of my interest on on this Jan Kuto because uh, I heard Tim on the radio yesterday. He wrote something for ESPN. You can obviously go and look at that yourself. Uh, but some of the the points that you know he, he, Tim was making, I thought were uh, very, very valid. Um, you know, he's basically uh, it, it comes across as a marauding uh, right back. And he says he has, I mean, this is a quote from what Tim has said. He says he showed the full four attributes of the attacking fullback, pace down the flank, the lung power to keep running, the technique to hurt the opposing defence with dribbled passes and crosses, and the decision-making a discernment to choose the right option. The thing is, he's going to have the same problem, I, I believe, as Douglas Luiz, who we got a couple of seasons back, um, three seasons back from Brazil. He won't get a work permit, uh, even though he's 18 years old. He won't get a work permit uh, um, until he's played for the Brazilian uh, national team, I believe. Um, so he's going to have to go out on loan to somewhere. Uh, you know, he might play in Spain. Uh, we've uh, got that uh, Girona as one of our clubs. So he might go and play for them. He might go and play in, in Holland, uh, basically wherever he can get in. Uh, the good thing will be he'll count as homegrown if he stays on City's books for three years. Um, but he's going to need, as I said, to play for um, Brazil to be able to play uh, get a work permit. I, I don't think he's going to qualify under the point system, the new point system that's going to come out. Um, I don't know how all that's going to work. Uh, but he's, he's an interesting prospect. If Barcelona wants him and a, a few other decent-sized clubs want him, he must have something about him. And if we're willing to you know, pay, uh, as I said, €6 million Euros for a 17-year-old, he must have uh, at least a, a, you know, a, a decent potential. Well, I guess another uh, piece of good news, Colin, is that uh, we learned that um, Leroy Sané came through unscathed for 60 minutes for the under-23. So you think there's any chance, any ghost of a chance, that he could uh, make it for that um, second leg against Real Madrid? Well, I suppose there's a ghost of a chance, isn't there? But um, I don't know. Well, that's two and a half weeks away, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's played a game, hasn't he? So, you know, that's uh, that's part of it. Yeah, no, it's just, I was, the reason I was asking you, Colin, is just to remember um, what an absolute chasing Carvajal got in, in that last game uh, in the few minutes that uh, Sterling had against him. And my goodness, if Leroy Sané was up against him, that would be quite another uh, thing altogether. I guess it is a it is a hope that we have, and we'll be looking forward to that. But um uh, well, guys, you know it's, it's it's been a very very interesting pod. This because normally we've we've got all kinds of of stuff to get our, our our teeth sunk into, but City have just been rolling over opponents like dominoes, and uh, there, there hasn't been a too much to it. Um, next week and the week after will yield a lot more for us to get our our teeth into. But I mean, we've we've won another trophy, much to the chagrin of. Uh, 
the media um, in in England in particular, and uh, we're on track again uh, in the uh, FA Cup. We're into the quarterfinals. Uh, we're pretty much solidified um, our second place in the league. We're a game down against all the other teams. So if we win our uh, league game in hand, we'll be ten points clear of um, Leicester City. Um, so. Things seem to be uh, trucking along pretty nicely. It'd be lovely if we could do the treble. I'm just going to say a, a quick point. I've just noticed on the in the tomorrow's newspapers that KDB believes he still has an outside chance of playing in the Manchester derby. So, uh, you know, as I said, we'll find out tomorrow. It's just uh, the latest news. Right. Well, I, I mean that 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 will bring us. Uh, background full circle to what we were talking about just before we started uh, recording the pod tonight uh, i was just mentioning to the guys that i had a little um spat with um webby of manchester united uh, of fan fame and uh, he was putting up a tweet going bruno 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 um it's it's just amazing the way that after a just a couple of games with a couple of decent performances. This guy is suddenly the, the greatest thing who's ever um, ever played. And um, I just mentioned to Webby that uh, Bruno goes to bed at night wishing he was Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that, <laughs> that it'll be good if um, De Bruyne is back for the derby. But I think that's pretty much all we've got for you at this point, uh, guys. We will be back with you um, after the next game as usual. But um, we'll just um, sign off. With a few final words from the two uh, Bolt from the Blue Men that we have. The first one that you have been listening to has been Ray from City Fan TV. Thank you so much, Ray, for coming on. Oh, you're most welcome. I think you've had a bit, a bit too much of me tonight, ranting away. Uh, but <laughs> it's always a pleasure. That is the name of the game, Ray. That is the name of the game. And also, you've been listening to Colin Savage. Colin, thank you so much for coming on. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. And we wish the, the, the guys um, all the best and a very pleasant evening. And um, guys, we'll be back with you after the next game, as we said. And so uh, we'll leave it here and say, as we always do, have one on us and up those blues. <laughs> It's about time that your mind took a holiday